The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Welcome, everyone, to Connected. My name is Tanner Melvin. I am one of the executive directors and co-founders of Side Street Studio Arts. And how are you doing today? I I really want to know, and I wish that we could have a, a good discussion about how you're doing today, because I feel great. I am having a wonderful day. I just had a wonderful discussion with a wonderful person, and it was all wonderful. Uh, I'm going to stop using that word right now, but it was. It was it was an excellent dis- uh, discussion today in a chat with one of my new favorite artists, Omnia Soul, from the Omnia Soul Art Show. Uh, we talk about so many different things. Uh, he's a musician. We um, we talks about we talk about glitch art. Um, in their new Sunrise Studio, we talk about the pandemic, VHS collections, um, the Fast and the Furious, and, and even Harvey Picar today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the dulcet tones of myself and the Omnia Soul Art Show. Well, welcome, everyone. This is Tanner Melvin of Side Street Studio Arts, and with me today is the brilliant and the uh, many other adjectivated words, Omnia Soul. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Omnia Soul. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. How have you been? Been good. Been really good. Good. Uh, I, I caught some of the, the latest episode, um, and we'll, we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Omnia Soul is the proprietor, developer, uh, uh, all around genius behind the Omnia Soul Art Show. And what that is, we're going to talk about, and you'll be able to find it by the end of this episode, you'll be able to find it anywhere and everywhere. Um, so do you want to give us a little, uh, taster of what exactly the Omnia Art, uh, the Omnia Soul Art Show really is? Yeah, so the Omnia Soul Art Show, also known as TOSIS, is a glitch art video podcast that started kind of as a quarantine project. I had done some glitch art, like mostly still imagery, um, but then during the pandemic, uh, being on the pandemic unemployment and just having like more time and money than I was used to, uh, I (laughs) got a split the cost of a circuit bender with a friend uh, that runs AV cords through it to a TV and is basically like a video synthesizer. So it comes with a bunch of different knobs and can take two inputs and has one output. And so you can mix different footage together and basically create analog glitch art. And from that, I've just like expanded into different gear, done a lot of experimentation. And uh, I started out doing kind of shorter videos, uh, kind of music video type. Uh, But I was having so much fun with it that I kind of wanted to do a live show. So I started as like a Twitch stream 
and tried to do the glitch art and audio live kind of like as a pirate radio show and through that and getting uh stuff taken down because of certain songs i was using and everything it kind of just evolved into more of a podcast and i found that uh pre-recording everything and trying to upload like weekly to YouTube as opposed to doing the Twitch thing just like worked better as a format. Uh, so I try to have kind of a theme for every episode and either choose um, footage, whether that be VHS tapes, DVD, or footage that I take myself that kind of goes along with the theme and try to interweave it all together. So I, we talked before uh, uh, Omnia Soul, and we have uh, gone over a lot. But like, and I'm kind of, we're probably going to revisit some of that uh, in this connected ep episode. Um, and I wanted to have you on because, for one thing, uh, we had such a great conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to bring you back on for this. Uh, so hopefully, this will be as good as our previous conversation that was unrecorded. Um, but you are now. Uh, a part of uh, the, the project Side Street TV that we've been developing. Now, um, when you when you submitted, uh, how did you find out about that, about what we've been trying to set up with Side Street TV? Yeah, so through a mutual uh, friend and Side Street artist, uh, Nikki uh, Alonzo. Is it Alonzo? Is that their last yes. name? Yeah. Um, yeah, Nikki, who we are just had some mutual friends and became like Instagram friends, both kind of posting like similar um, glitch art. They do more digital than I, and I kind of focus more like analog. And they actually have like a filmmaking background where I'm just kind mm -hmm. of like messing around with the stuff and learning as I go. Um, and they had reached out and, and sent me the, the side street and was like, hey, I think you'd be good for this. You should submit something. And so I took a song that I had recorded during quarantine movies. And it was about how just like that desire to like, I really want to go to the movies, um, but you know, we're all stuck inside and taking that. And then I mentioned the Fast and the Furious movies in the song. So I took footage from the VHS <laughs> of the Fast and the Furious and the DVD of Tokyo Drift and blended those together with my circuit bender oh, as the kind okay. of- so why did you why tokyo drift i gotta ask why tokyo i like yeah. it. I'm, a to, oh. I'm a tokyo drift defender hey uh, i am a, i'm a fan of tokyo yeah. drift i just want to know why you <laughs> tokyo drift why well, just from a practical perspective the colors are so good that i thought yeah, it would make sure. like really vibrant because all the all the the japanese cars like they just look so good compared to like the uh some of the more like gritty american movies um yeah some of just like the, the bright the... neon paints uh but also yeah i'm a, I'm a tokyo drift defender i think that's the kind of the turning point <laughs> in the series you know it's it's one-off story but then it brings in han into the into the other movies and that's kind of where it takes a turn from just like these racing movies with undercover cops to now they're right. to, by the fifth one it's a heist movie and now they're essentially secret agents in this last preview, it looks like they might be going to space. Yeah, uh, I think they're just on vacation now, and they're just getting yeah. into trouble. You know, yeah. it's it's so ridiculous, but it's that's great because I think you know bringing up Han like that was so smart of the franchise. Whoever is producer or executive producer, you know, on that series was like they did such a great thing by because I mean 
it could have just been a standalone film that just went yeah. nowhere, right? Like, yeah. and what happened was that they did, they saw that, I mean, I don't know if they bring Luda back, but I know that bringing Han back into the storyline and, and creating this type of, this world with these racers, you know, that, like, the cousin of Paul Walker's character, you know, like, I, I mean, I think mm. that's who that is in Tokyo Drift, but, like, and I'm a fan of that actor and that kid, because uh, he's the kid from... Uh, uh, oh gosh, he was in Jarhead, but he was also uh, as a, as a kid in Sling Blade, and I oh, was like, okay. man, he was always just really interesting to look at. So when they brought him out, I was like, all right, I'll watch that, you know. And and so bringing Han into the other movies really kind of just it, it connected something that had the had the opportunity to not be connected, right? Yeah, and yeah, it was a really smart move, I think, on their part, and it, and I, I I really find that that's great, though. That's what so I appreciate you expounding on that because that uh, it is, and for anybody that hasn't seen Tokyo Drift, just go out, just rent it, rent it. Yeah, I guess you don't have it's to go out. Anymore, it's a it's but. a rentable movie. Right. It's you know it's a fun like popcorn movie. Um, for sure. The the actual so the character of Han actually started out in a movie I think it's called Better Luck Tomorrow, but Justin Lin, the director of three through six of the yeah. Fast and Furious movies, and is coming back for this ninth one. Um, he made a movie kind of like a smaller budget movie called Better Luck Tomorrow that had a character named Han in it, and uh, it was like a like a crime fiction movie. It started out these kids like in like a prep school like stealing test answers and it just keeps like escalating until they get into like drugs and and violence and other kind of like almost like gang type activity um but so he brought they thought it would be funny they cast him and they thought it'd be funny to like keep his name the same and kind of like what if this was the same character except for in better luck tomorrow he's a chain smoker and then in tokyo drift and all the other movies since it was a universal they didn't want all the cigarette smoking and yeah. so he's like constantly eating chips as like an homage to his older characters. Oh, like wow. he quit smoking to eat chips. And uh, <laughs> oh, to answer the question earlier, I think Luda comes back in like, I think the fifth one is when they get say, the crew back together. Is it? And then they kind of, they kind of break that out into, uh, yeah. Cause that's, man, that's, yeah. I remember it's, that movie now that you mentioned it because it's got, uh, I looked it up, but it's got, um, uh, can't remember his name but from um star trek and from uh how uh oh that stone those stoner movies yes um, yeah harold and kumar it. harold and kumar yeah yeah yeah. but uh, yeah i remember man that's that's crazy i didn't i don't know if i ever put that together like legit i don't know if i ever put that together that's where han came from and i've seen John that movie Cho. Cho, yes yeah. that's it awesome um yeah, this next movie looks ridiculous because I guess uh, not that we should spend the whole episode talking about Fast and the Furious, um, but apparent there's some kind of behind the scenes beef between Vin Diesel and The Rock, which is why The Rock's not in this next movie. But then they brought John Cena in to be Vin Diesel's brother that they've never mentioned oh. his character ever having a brother. So I'm excited to see where this soap opera goes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, after... Hobbs and what I mean, it could really it can go anywhere. It, it yeah. could really go anywhere. But I mean, you bring Idris Elba, Eldra and and uh, or Idris Ilba and as a bad guy, and it's just like, 
Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I think he's basically too good make for him a super, basically make him a superhero, superhero too. I know, right? Like, what the heck? Well, that's awesome. I, I so I really want to suggest that again, and I'm going to keep saying this, but if but please, anyone listening, if you got a minute or you've got an hour uh, for for one of these episodes um, or all of them, go out and check the Omnia Soul Art Show on YouTube. They are. Um, what Omnia Soul does is uh, is really great. It's really interesting, and there are moments that catch you off guard. Uh, and I, I wanted to talk about one of those moments. So, I right before this, I uh, I was doing some high speed uh, video, just a testing of uh, with my GoPro and for a buddy of mine. And so I was like, oh, he's talking about smoke. He runs this. Um, this awesome uh uh review uh on you a channel on youtube called cannabev c-a-n-n-a-b-e-v and uh it's chris Rody, and he talks about a lot of different things he talks about the industry talks about legality of it uh he's it's not just uh it's not like strictly for stoners it's for people that are curious about cannabis right so uh-huh. earlier today we were talking about uh about how to capture smoke Right. And, uh, with, you know, on lower budget and everything. And I was like, well, I'll try it with my, uh, with my GoPro. So long story short, I was, I, I had a thing of, uh, for smudging. Uh-huh. Right. And so I went around and I've smudged the house before and everything. And I went around and did it. And then I was trying to capture the smoke and then listening to your, this, uh, the latest Tosis, you're talking about smudging. And I was like, what the, like, how uh how funny was that and so i if if you would if you would you want to talk a little bit about why because you i guess you you really you said you you smudged but you like lit some incense you tried to cleanse the your space right so yeah and it was really interesting because you were talking about the art like living and working in space so could you talk a little bit more about that and that kind of what you've been going through yeah, so uh, basically the studio that I'm filming now, I'm calling the the Sunrise Studio, but I had a uh, roommate living here who, uh, well, two roommates and one we we're having a lot of issues with and uh, they ended up moving out, but they left the space just kind of like really bad, like holes in the wall everywhere, like nail holes, just really dirty and everything. So we cleaned it out, but we wanted to kind of just like get, the energy that they left behind out of the space too. Yeah. So I got this, uh, I got this incense that was made for like banishing. It's like kind of like a charcoal, like a, like a hookah charcoal with this Mm -hmm. like resin incense that you put on it. And you're supposed to like go around the house and like burn it to kind of like, yeah, just banish the negative energy in the, in the space. Uh, I feel like there's, there's so much you can do even without just like incense, but even just like deep cleaning your house, I feel like does so much to like change the energy of a place. For sure. So how, so how does that, 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 what's that? (laughs) That's very funny that you are uh, doing that in your space while listening to the show. And it just happened to like resonate like that. It is like that. It's one of the, and I, I do believe it, you know, any little bit will help. Right. And and I do think Mm -hmm. that like I, walking in and, you know, to a clean house or, you know, after you've spent, you know, whatever time or you've had somebody do it or whatever, but like, I love to clean because it Mm -hmm. does, it's therapeutic, but it also gives me that time to kind of zone out and focus and not think. 
And but when it's done, I can look at it and it just, well, you know, especially when you get to, if you have a chance, you could put your dishes away or whatever. You just, ha- it's, it's, uh, it's order and cleanliness and it cl- definitely cleansing. That's really, that's really cool that you compared that. I've never thought about that, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So how does now this studio, uh, you're at home, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does your working from home and living situation, how does that, or how does your living situation affect how you work from home? Cause I know a lot of people have had a lot this past year and from, for years and years and years who've worked from home, they've had yeah. this way of being able to compartmentalize physically or emotionally, psychologically, you know, yeah. just, or just work. How does it affect you? How has all of this affected your work at home? Yeah. So well, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really glad to have this studio set up now because we live in like a three bedroom. So I turned the the smallest bedroom here. I turned into the studio before when I first started the show. It was literally like all set up in my bedroom. So it's like my bed's here, two desks, TVs, like everything is just like confined to one very small space. Uh, so I'm very glad I've been able to branch out and it like with the VHS collection too, is to the point where I couldn't like open the door fully without it, like hitting a, a bookshelf <laughs> with more tapes uh, on it just cause I, right. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, very nice. And, you know, I've was on the pandemic unemployment for like a few months. And then when things started slowly opening up more, I went back to work. So I've been working like most of the most of this past year and like retail but obviously like hours got like drastically cut um just like it's getting it's getting more back to normal now like back to the hours i was getting before um but for a while there it was uh definitely not working not working as many hours but like yeah having more time to work on creative projects and um yeah so you know i do still get out and about and i haven't been uh as confined to the home as other people who didn't like who's you know worked from home have been but um yeah definitely the the advice is right about like having a separate space from where you sleep and work uh helps so much for your for your mental health i think yeah you you mentioned like you know uh the feng shui of it, it you know and i think a lot of people I mean, me included, like a lot of people don't really think about that in especially or haven't maybe, you know, in the past year, mm-hmm. like when we, when we, we first set out during the pandemic or when it really hit, we're like, we just went, you know, got down to brass, ta- excuse me, brass tacks. Right. So we just wanted to start working and, and we brought, we have off, we had offices at home or one office. And so we moved everything downstairs and so we can, you know, it was more of a communal area for, 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 uh, for Aaron and I and, and the animals. And so we could all like just be in space and mm-hmm. work together. And totally. I found that really to be, you know, I, I was really fortunate, I think, and think we were in order you know, of having that because we could, we didn't have to yell upstairs. We didn't, and it was, you know, even that breath that voice of having to yell upstairs or take the t- take your phone out to text you know because that's normally what we do <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i mean we don't yell upstairs anymore or downstairs necessarily but being in the same space to work where because we'd shut down side street we were like we're gonna shut this down we're going to figure out what we're doing um 
And then we didn't want people inside, you know, without masks on and, and crossing, mm-hmm. like contaminating any other people or the environment itself. So it was, I think for us, it really uh, allowed us to look at, it really allowed us to look at what was needed right? Like, yeah. like look at the most important things to be like, is this needed? No. Okay. Like, and that means that supplies like even at home, you know? So I, I can tell you're uh, a kind of a collector of, of, v, of different VHS and uh, DVDs in the same way or just VHS. I have, I have maybe a handful of DVDs, okay. but yeah, much, much more VHS. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess, couple points i want to mention yeah the feng feng shui in general i don't know like a ton about but the little i've learned is like very helpful just like and that that's one thing with going like banishing and cleansing a space is like you the way you have uh you know your your living space your working space set up changes so much of like you have a living room that the it just like doesn't feel good you rearrange the furniture you move the couch in a in a different position it can just really like open things up and change the entire kind of like energy and feel of the room. Um, yeah. And then going to the collecting, I, so I got into VHS collecting when I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, and I was at an apartment where I didn't have internet and the only entertainment I had, cause I didn't want to pay for internet. Cause it was just like me by myself. That's a pretty like hefty bill. Um, but I had a, right. an old TV that was my older sister's TV from college um, that had a built-in VCR. And this is the same TV that I film off for the Omnia Soul Art Show that has kind of like gone with me through all these years. (laughs) Um, But so yeah, TV, like a CRT TV with a built-in VCR. And so after work, I would go to different thrift stores and VHS was like five for a dollar but it was like a dollar each or five for a dollar. So if you went up to the counter with four tapes, it would be $4. So you'd have to go back and grab the fifth one and then it would be five for a dollar. Like they were trying to like get rid of their tapes essentially. And so that's kind of how the collecting start. And I've definitely had to like tone it back just space wise to not (laughs) become a full on like hoarder of tapes. And uh, one kind of, one kind of suggestion that kind of is what, evolved into what the show is as I would often like put tapes on in the background when I was working on art whether or not I was painting or like drawing a comic or something one thing I'd I'd love to do is like put the tape on mute and then play music in the background and uh, kind of see like which tapes were worth keeping that way obviously there's some that are just like this is my favorite movie or my favorite anime like this is collectible I want to keep but if it's just movies that I'm not necessarily attached to, it became this test of like, what is worth keeping if it's muted? And um, so that's kind of like how I narrow it down. So wow. I have the the tapes on my shelves are the ones I like really care about. And then I've got a box of tapes that are like, like that have glitch potential, but I don't necessarily need to keep a box that I'm probably going to donate if there's any tape heads looking for tapes or give to a thrift store or something. And then I also have a box of just, uh, it doesn't have many in it, but um, duplicates. Cause I found for whatever reason, I have a lot of copies of Pulp Fiction. Like it's like whenever (laughs) I saw, because whenever I would see a copy of Pulp Fiction in the wild, I'd just buy it. Yeah, so I have like five copies of Pulp Fiction right now. So if one of them 
if one of them gets eaten, then then it's fine. And it's funny too. On one of the episodes of the the show, I was glitching one of my Twin Peaks tapes, and it already has like a lot of natural glitches to it because the tape yeah. either either the tape got wrinkled or it got some cat hair or dust in it because it's got these like gray bars that like it's not a tracking wow. issue. It's like the tape is just done. But when I was like organizing and moving into the studio, I brought some boxes up from the basement. And in one of the boxes, I had another copy of that Twin Peaks tape. And I'm so oh. glad I did because I tested it out and it works way better. So I swapped out the slip cover and got it the better, the better slip cover. Cause I was looking on eBay and that that tape, the episode like two through six or whatever it is, is like going for like 30 bucks on eBay. So I'm really That's glad insane. I got it. Yeah, I'm because I got one, I think I got both at like either a Salvation Army or a Goodwill for like really cheap. Um so I'm really glad I have that because I love that show. Um, it's wow. definitely for rewatching, you know, watching on Netflix or Hulu or something just to like for keep sure. the tape safe. That's so interesting. That's uh, so I, it made me think, yeah, I'm because I was going to ask about your editing process. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. in my, I, by that, I mean your collection, right? Not like your, you know, the editing you might do with, uh, uh, with glitch, but so that's interesting because it's like it is tough. It's like you get the moment you start collecting, or you, the moment I guess you get two of one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a collection. Maybe we'll call it three, but then you start to think about it, and then it starts to pile up, and you're like, oh, like yeah. Ha. I mean, so and hopefully you have that uh, that switch or the dial. I bet it's a dial. You know, to be like, I should t- tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, mm-hmm. but it's because I I felt that's kind of how I got into um, my DVD collection is that I, I had a, uh, I didn't, I, it was my, I think it was my senior year of college or one of my senior years. And uh, I didn't have, I did, I did the same, th- same way. So I started watching um, my, my DVDs just over and over and over again. And I had four of them. And I think it was far and away, the matrix, the mummy and I think, I mean, I, those are like the three that I can remember vividly where I was like, I just watched them over and oh, Goodfellas. Classics. Oh yeah. Goodfellas is great. Goodfellas Goodfellas always pissed me off because I had the, the disc and I still have it, but I had the disc that was, it was when it was first released on DVD, it was two sided. Mm -hmm. So the moment, so it it leads up, it leads up. And the moment when Lorraine Bracco goes to the, uh, 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 what's his name's girlfriend's apartment and rings the door, rings the buzzer, it cuts. Yeah. And it's like this like super exciting moment. And you're like, shit. So I had to go and like pull it out, flip flip it over like a laser disc. And I was like, yeah. What is this? The Dark Ages, right? This is ridiculous. Yeah. But it was, that, was that the movie only... was that long that it required. I guess early DVDs, yeah. Because now I'm thinking about like yeah the first the first time I watched uh, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, it was like mm-hmm. a double disc where you had to like take out the DVD. But now it's like I mean, well, Blu-rays take have so much space on it. But even I feel like DVDs got better because I have one of those like. Granted, I don't think it has many special features with it, but my DVD of the matrix is the like one in four movies where it is a double disc, but it's like one has two of the movies. The other two has like the third movie and the animatrix all in one. Yes. Disc. Yeah. Yeah. That's but good. Though, I, is a long movie. So yeah, but I, I maybe I thought I just assumed it was the, 
the production, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a company that actually made it, you know, that, that was actually pressing the DVDs or whatever they call, you know, writing them and that they, they went, maybe it was cheaper or something yeah, because yeah, to go with like less storage because the, I mean, that came out in 90 mm-hmm. and I mean, I would have only gotten the DVD in, I mean, probably 90, 99, I picked it 98, yeah. you know, I mean, so I don't know whoever did that, but that's, so that's, yeah, those are, I used to be able to quote those movies, I mean, just all the way through, not out of like, I mean, far and away, I don't know why, I mean, I, I still, I, I still love that movie, uh, but like, and The Mummy, it's so bad, but it's also so It's so, so bad, good. but it's fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brendan yeah. Fraser is great. Boy, he, uh, it was, and it's like, watching it again, I'm like, oh my god, it's so Brendan Fraser, like, it's yeah. just it's so funny, and, and yeah, but uh, have you seen him in uh have you seen any of Doom Patrol? Man, I tell you what, I watched like the first four or mm-hmm. five episodes and it it was like almost too heavy for me at, at, at yeah, points. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's I, weird, but it's it's good. I stick it's with great. it. I say like yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser is so good in it and I'm so glad he's like back. You know, granted he's a robot in it so you don't see right. his face much, but yeah, um, they, it's they just so good to see him flashbacks. acting again. Yeah, yeah, they do, mean, he, do show him in flashbacks. He, uh, yeah, because I mean, he went like nowhere for a while, or was just kind of vanishing, vanished, and then I think you know, like came out and crash in hmm. what well, that was mm-hmm. probably two thousand four, three. I boy, I can't remember, but um, that's yeah, that's really. And those are those memories. I re- and that's what I, I really think is cool about the the work that you do is that you can catch the, somebody's going to catch something in if they if they're watching right like it's not necessarily background music because you know background noise because there I love watching what you do because uh-huh. I you know and I haven't it's, I'm not saying I've I've seen anything that re- you know that I I was like oh I know what that's from but it reminds me of doing that when I was, you know, or when I finally found my family's VHS tapes, like my, my dad bought a, v, a VCR and a VC and a camera, like a mm-hmm. Christmas, probably like 86 or seven. And it was like a big deal, you know, pissed my mom off and everything because of the money and, but he wanted yeah. to do something anyway, but it was like, I remember I've, I've gone back and I've looked and it's like, if something would be playing like my sister's homecoming or something and it'll cut and it'll be like a California raisins Christmas special or, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a, a bears home game or all these, but it also, he had also recorded over and over. And so it had glitched in this really interesting way. It's like, Oh, I remember that commercial. I remember that. So what you do really reminds me of that. It, I, mm-hmm. I will catch some things and it might not be the thing I think it is, but it reminds me. And yeah. I, that's what I love about gl- some glitch art, right? It's not, yeah. when you say glitch art, it's not, uh, it's not all the same, of course. Um, but you're reusing, like I'm looking here at a picture. I think it was episode, yeah, it says episode 12. There's Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the thumbnail, right? Yeah. And is that the Twin Peaks episode you were talking about? Yeah. Or yeah. There Perfect another? Blue okay. Rose. Or I, I glitched uh, the anime Perfect Blue and then a VHS of Twin Peaks together. See? Yeah, I think it's people are really going. They need to see what you're doing and to hear it because because even your your you've got an excellent voice on. I mean, you know, now of course, but like, but on your work, 
it, it's your recording is really good and it's smooth and you don't deflect and you don't trail off like i do that i deflect i trail off i'm like oh you know and i get lost in my own but you you're really direct i think people really i know people are really going to enjoy it so i keep telling people i'm like go out find the omnia soul art show wherever it is it's on that's it's on oh. uh that's really good to hear because i feel like i do trail off and i feel like i ramble a lot but it's good that, like from an outside perspective to see that it's not my biggest worry was that like the show was going to be like boring and i would say it is mundane at parts but i kind of like yeah. like that because life is pretty mundane at parts Agreed. um but i do boring. always say if, if say people that. yeah if people don't want to hear me talk they can always like mute it and put on some music and uh right um but yeah uh yeah it's on youtube it's on the website omniasoul.art and now i mean it's on uh side street tv as well for yes. uh, for subscribers yeah, so we are, um, and that's part of our subscription platform, right? So we, again, we're trying to get artists and more artists involved so that we can show more artists and more and more public, right? Because mm -hmm. our, we all have friends, we all have family, we all have people. Well, hopefully we have friends, hopefully we have family. Um, and, and crossing those those artists with other family and other people. And so they're just going to be able to see more art. Right. And, yeah. and that's really the goal of, of what side street TV is and, you know, and be it music and, and, you know, uh, video and anything really. Mm -hmm. um, so like having you to be a part of that is great. Cause I hope, and I hope we can help with that, you know, cause yeah. you're, the, the website's great. The the way that your YouTube, the way it's set up, um, and is it? Are you on Apple Podcasts? Yes. So I took the audio, like the video. Okay. The video's not on, but the, I took right. the audio and I've been like every episode uploading it through what is it? Anchor, the okay. distributor. Yep. So that distributes it to Spotify, Apple. I think I'm even on. Um, uh, what's what's it? Stitcher. I finally got on yeah, Stitch. Yeah. I had to like log in and make that happen. Uh, but yeah, so that, uh, obviously it is like a video show, but if you just like want my, my voice in the background, I kind of, I've always wanted to do a podcast and I have had like various shows that ends up like, I kind of run out of steam by like the third episode or I like try to yeah. be an expert when I'm not really like of something I'm interested in when I'm not really an expert. So that's one good thing about this show is that I don't attempt to be an expert. Um, I do like, if there's a topic that I'm interested in, I like to talk about it. Um, but I also, I don't try to be an expert. And I also don't try to be just like, I feel like a lot of podcasts when they, when people do try to be an expert on things that they're not necessarily, it just becomes like a Wikipedia podcast of just like with the amount of like serial killer, like true kill, true crime podcasts, where it's oh just like, gosh. you're just reading wikipedia and maybe you know maybe i think people do enjoy that because of like the whole like missing radio and like having a good like radio voice and everything is such such a big part of it um but yeah i try to make the show about things i'm interested in, but also kind of like slice of life about like what's going on um with my kind of personal artistic subjectivity because that's that's the interesting thing about like um more people having access to make art is that we all have like 
our own different subjectivity and our different outlook on life and uh, can kind of bring that to the forefront. And everybody's got interesting stories. Like one of my favorite, cause I'm a big, I'm a big comic person, um, both like mainstream superhero stuff, but also the kind of indie stuff. And uh, I have called myself this on the show of like the Harvey P car of glitch art <laughs> video podcast. Cause I do try to like, he, he like kind of revolutionized with American splendor, the, um, yeah. the very like slice of life, like file clerks have interesting stories to tell too. And right. that, that kind of sparked like a whole, like, uh, I, I don't know if revolution is the right word, but it definitely like, I can't think of many indie comics. Like even if they do use characters, it's very much like, the art artists and writers taking from their own life and putting that into into their work, and he definitely like sparked that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like the first time I heard of Harvey Pekar was when they uh, was it Paul Giamatti when they did the the film, right? That's how I and, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I mean, the film. I can't, of course, remember who directed that uh, at the moment, but uh, that it was so beautiful to see. And then at the end you actually got to see him, you know, and it was just, yeah. it was really well done. And I was like, man, they made him look out, look to be to me a superhero yeah, in his absolutely. own right, you know, and like yeah. being able to, 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 to write like that and to express yourself and to fight for what you believe in and, mm -hmm. and, and, and also to battle cancer and to deal with, yeah. I mean, and go through life and bullshit and, and be able to come out of it and just, and that to me was like the real that's like real art man you know <laughs> that's uh, how it makes me feel it's like that's what an artist should be right you yeah. should be this this you know not when people say like oh starving artist like that's bullshit you know and yeah. like that's like using that is it's all it's uh it's it's uh counterproductive and it's silly. it's not fun i don't understand it's why not, people no. want to emulate that because it's anyone who wants to emulate that has never actually like been waiting for like to see whether or not they qualify for food stamps you know right like right. living where you're like just working your ass off trying to like whether or not you can pay your bills depends on whether or not you can get someone to like buy this painting for like like 30 to 200 bucks depending on right. like how well because I, I remember even like having a professor like email me like this was after graduating, but basically saying like, Hey, like, I think you do better. Like you're, you're definitely like underselling your work. Uh, it'd be better to try to like get some gallery shows. Cause then you can like sell your work for more. And it's like, that was like good advice. But at the, t at the time I was like, so broke. It's like, yeah, I'm selling these paintings for $30 so I can like pay my bill on time, like right, pay my bills right. on time. Like, um, they were just yeah, looking at it at it from a different you know, angle, you know, I mean, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Like, and I, I'm probably, no, I'm not, I was gonna say like, I've probably done that. It's like, no, I, I see it. And I understand, I, I do. I, I, I look at pricing a lot and mm -hmm. it's like the person I might think, boy, they should be charging more. Yeah. Um, but also I'm like, that's, I don't care, like charge whatever yeah. you want, you know? I mean, and, and it's, it's not up to me. And I think as a, whatever as a person is whatever i am that does all the stuff that i do at side street a gallerist or or curator or you know installer facilitator whatever that's it some people could see that as being like uh like oh you should help you know pricing and it's that 
okay, that's part of it. But I think you hit a point. It's like artists should be able to give their work for free, like and mm-hmm. and not be and not be judged, and not you know and or price it at, at thirty dollars or less, you know, and not yeah. be judged on what and why, you know. And and I'm not saying that happens a lot, and I you know, but it's just that you just bringing that up kind of bothers me that people might you know that might say something or you know that, that your had, professor actually said that to you that's kind of kind of sucks you know i think i mean he was he was trying to give like uh i feel like he was trying to give good advice but at yeah, the, for sure like uh at the time it was just like i don't know i feel like if i i i haven't had a gallery show in so long but i definitely would like price my stuff differently than right. uh than when i was like super broke um but also it, it, it comes to the point of like um, now the type of art that I do is not something that is like very easily monetized. Like, I guess if you like are doing, you know, music videos for like musicians who have a budget, maybe. Um, and that's that's one cool thing about like Side Street with the subscription service. But it's like so now it's like trying to build an audience and get like if you like what I'm doing, become a patron. But then um yeah. Also like, you know, not quitting my day job, not, uh, right. not, um, and right now I'm working in retail, but I don't know what, 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 where I'll be in, in, you know, five years, definitely don't want to work retail forever. Right. Um, well, and there's, you know, and I mean, it, it, you know, you know that I know people that have done it for, for ever for 25, 30, 40 years and love it. And like, that's, that's admirable because we, you know, those individuals make this, all of this go round, you know, to a point. Yeah. And, uh, but you, you brought up something and I had it written down and underlined three times with a question mark next to it. So I'm, I think this is a good time to ask about it. Um, and I think we talked about it before. Have you ever thought about doing the Omnia soul art show? And maybe you have, and I just don't remember doing it live. Like live with a, with an audience. Live. Live audience, live glitch, live, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have someone on and doing a podcast or something like that. Uh, have you ever thought of that? So I have attempted to do it with Twitch and ran into a lot of difficulties. Like it started out live show, but in the current format as a live show, I think it would be a lot of fun, especially with like people getting vaccinated and things opening up, figuring out. Cause I, I'd love to do like, you know, I make music too. So like, doing yeah. kind of a music show and like doing the visuals live, but it would be really fun to have like, what does like the, the podcast itself look like live, like record yeah. it, uh, do the glitch art. Um, yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to do that. Uh, I'd, I'd not think a, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were you gonna say? yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to like, I definitely have to do some planning. Cause I feel like, the way it's recorded now, the audio is like, you know, record for a little bit until like I run out of what I'm talking about and then like stop recording, go grab a drink, everything. Like, it's not like the, it's the movie magic that <laughs> makes it look like right. it's one cohesive 45 minute episode, but there's plenty of breaks where I'm like pausing and going to do other stuff and then coming back to record. Um yeah, it'd be it'd be very interesting to see what a what a live show would look like. Well, that I tell you what, if um, I would love to see that, and I'm not impressing that you know, or I'm not pushing by any means, but 
I do enjoy your work so much and I would love to see an audience, you know, and what that would look like with, you know, with an audience and, uh, you know, a big projection screen and all that. Yeah. I think that would look super cool. Gee, yeah, I gotta, I gotta come out huh. there and see the actual like gallery space at side street. Like see anytime. What I know you've said, you, yeah, you have like projectors and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've had a couple donated, uh, a few actually. And then, you know, we've purchased little ones and just for a lot of different things, you know, they're not, um, yeah. I mean, some, some are actually, I was gonna say they're not high quality. Some of them are, are HD, uh, and you know, throw really big, which is nice. So, um, but yeah, you know, we've got, we do a lot. Um, we've got our battle of bands getting ready to come up in uh, June. Uh, we've got, a uh, Aaron and I are actually going to pick up some art in Chicago tomorrow for our exhibit in May. Um, it's a solo artist by, uh, Raul Ortiz. Um, it's called, uh, oh, patterns. Uh, mm -hmm. it's his work, their work is very colorful and everything. So we, we, I mean, but anytime, anytime Omnia soul, anytime you want to come out or you want to do a show or do something awesome, let us know. Would love um, that. I'll, uh, I'll talk to Nikki and we should, uh, yeah, get some people together and make something happen. Cause I know they just dropped it. Have you listened to their, uh, their album that just dropped? I have not. Uh, they told me about it. Uh, I think last time I talked with them or emailed or something, I have not, I have not had a it's moment. So, to do it's that. so good. It's so fun. Okay, I'll do that uh, I used some of the music on, uh, this last episode, the, that came out last week, the changing channels episode, which I actually like, I have a digital antenna. And so awesome. I ran that through the circuit and it was just like me changing channels while also like glitching and recording that live. And I kind of talked about the, um, the the transition from analog television where you used to like turn on your tv you had an antenna already hooked up and then it would come you know the tv would come right to you when everything switched to digital i think in 2009 in the us and so now if you've got yeah. an old crt you need to get a digital antenna with a converter but the converter box it goes through your aux it's the av cords since it's got av cords it's like hey i can anything with av i can glitch so uh do experimented with that and then the musician i had uh i used some of nikki's songs so um yeah really fun episode to do and um yeah it's really the, the amount of talented people in chicago is just I mean, and just the general like uh northern illinois area is, is yeah. astounding i agree we um one of the first people that we signed on was um uh, plastic, uh, plastic buddies, uh, if any, and that they do, it's Jocelyn Ingram and, and she does, uh, this awesome stop motion, um, with dolls of different kinds, um, mixing in like music and, uh, and, and video, um, a green screen and, and, but they are actually uh, working as a sourcer for us now. Uh, not a sorcerer, uh, sorcerer, uh, to, to, to find, you know, new, new people, new artists. And, um, but when, you know, and it, I feel really fortunate to be able to work with her in creating these new connections, you know, and, mm -hmm. and she lives in Chicago now is uh, from LA or lived in LA, grew up in LA. Um, and, but you're right, you know, uh, and then talking with, um, talking with Nick, you know, uh, for a while, um, it was really great to be able to just kind of branch out. Cause we get, we get into ruts personally and professionally and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and, 
and you kind of get in this space where you are you need fresh meat right like, totally. sometimes sometimes you're the fresh meat and sometimes you need fresh meat yeah uh, and, and and you know being able to to talk to new people that that don't live in Elgin or don't live in the Fox Valley or maybe don't even live in Chicago or live in Illinois, you know, and like mm -hmm. that's what that's what the internet, of course, is is in to my opinion, you know, it's a it's a utility. It should be classified as utility, and we should be able to connect with people, random strangers, also across across the globe in a way that will help us in whatever way, you know, is it yeah. art? Is it in our personal lives in a different way? You know, and and I think that's great to be able to. I mean, I feel super fortunate being able to sit down with you again, you know, mm -hmm. and doing something like this and talking and, and just exploring and doing more. So uh, I do, uh, Omnia Soul, I do thank you for that. Um, and I, I wanted to ask, do you, uh, I, you mentioned Nikki here, uh, and for anybody that wants to look at on Instagram, they are, uh, I need health insurance. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's their handle. Um, and then from, 2k13 uh yeah, and that's all. on yeah i'm just i'm trying to find the yeah so the, that's the, the album. band camp i think is nikki with like three y's at the end okay bandcamp.com well i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that later um thank you for mentioning that because i really wanted to I, I just it kind of lapsed in my my covid brain uh or post covid brain um well, I tell you what, we are going to wrap it up for today. Omnia Soul, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the the, the connected listeners today? Uh, other, I don't know. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out the show if you've got some free time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. And we will talk to you hopefully sooner than later. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. All right. Wasn't that amazing? Uh, thank you again to Omnia Soul. And uh, please check out their work, The Omnia Soul Art Show, available on YouTube, uh, podcasting, anywhere and everywhere. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, even on Spotify. Uh, check out omniasoul.art for more information on what Omnia Soul is doing. And uh, really, please just remember one thing today. If you can remember one thing out of all the things you have to remember today, just remember this one thing. Please, please, please stay connected. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. Find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers. Please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.